Bing bong. I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I'm joined by the Savage Patch Kid, aka at Stakamoto21 on Twitter. We get into a lot of different things. We get into Base58, which is an educational platform that teaches people about Bitcoin that Stakamoto co-founded with Nifty Nail. Um, and then we also get into Bitcoin Plus Plus, a um, great conference that Stackamoto is also helping uh, put on as well, um, along with Pleb Labs in Austin. We get into his orange pill story, a little bit about Bitcoin education, and much, much more. And then we dive into six current event stories about uh, the first one about exchanges, stopping withdrawals and limiting the amount of assets that you can withdraw off their platform. The Fed raising interest rates by 75 basis points. Jay-Z partnering with Jack Dorsey from, for Brooklyn Bitcoin Academy creation in his hometown. His home, baby. <laughs> Jack Dorsey announcing Web5 uh, and what we think about that. The Central African Republic's path to Bitcoin adoption, and lastly, up to 75% of merchants may accept Bitcoin, according to a study. So, as always, please, please, please do not take anything that we say in this episode as financial advice, as both Stakamoto and myself are not financial advisors, so please do your own due diligence, and now let's get into the rip, whoosh. Bing bong. I am live with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast. But first, before I get into the rip, I want to thank MyNode. I, uh, MyNode is helping me get podcasting 2.0 set up. So if you have Breeze or one of those uh, podcasting apps and you feel the need to send me sets, you can now do that thanks to the help of MyNode. So check them out at MyNodeBTC and MyNodeBTC.com. I've got a very, very special guest, probably one of the cooler avies I've ever seen on Twitter and uh, and handles, Stakamoto at the Savage Patch Kid, and I'll pull him up. Man, how are you doing today on this? I mean, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Can't complain. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. So right off the bat, I, I see the Alabama shirt. I got to ask you, man. So are you an Alabama fan? Did you go there or are you just uh, like one of the many in Alabama that uh, just roots for them because they're good? No, man, no, no, um, no bandwagoning for me. I, I went there, graduated from there. Um, I'm originally from Alabama, even though, to be honest, like this is my um, dirty secret. But I used to be an opera fan before I actually went to Alabama. Um, you know, don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, this, we this have no. us now, you know, nobody else is going to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I definitely went there and, um, and you know, I, I just got to support the home team. I, you know, I, I don't live in Alabama anymore, but I'm always repping. So I got to yeah, let people know. Yeah, I get it. Hey, I, yeah, I went to A&M, so the SEC football it runs deep. You, it never leaves you, right? So uh, those games that you were at, I don't know, Brian Denny, is it the stadium there and, and all that? So, I mean, you can't, uh, can't forget those times and can't go against the team. But um, yeah, so let's uh, let's jump into to Bitcoin, right? That's why we're here. So uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how you found Bitcoin and your uh, orange pill story. Okay, so the way I found it um, was like I was in China and I had heard about it before and I never really looked into it. And, you know, I just had a lot of time 
on my hands when I was over there. Um, and, you know, I was, I would be in my room at times and, you know, just had the internet to kind of for entertainment or, or, you know, learning or anything. And I'm not sure what made me look into it, but I just ended up looking into Bitcoin and finding a white paper. And, and, you know, even though I didn't immediately understand why Bitcoin, not quote unquote blockchain or, you know, crypto or whatever, like, you know, uh, it took me a little while to crystallize that understanding, but, but the white paper generally just, just captured my imagination. And, and just from that point on, it's just been a journey of learning and, and getting deeper in, um, you know, in Bitcoin, deeper in, in economics, macro, you know, just a lot of different topics of like, you know, I, I found through the prism of Bitcoin. But um, when I probably first heard about it, I would probably say it was at, was while I was at Alabama. I just never looked into it. So, you know, got to kick myself for, for not, you know, you know, just <laughs> looking up the white paper then, but, you know, things happen as supposed to. So, so that's kind of my, my story in brief. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, I mean, that's, that's wild. So you were in China and that was the first time you heard of it. I think that's the first orange pill story where I've heard of somebody is like, uh, you know, I was traveling abroad in uh, another country and that's where I first heard of it. Usually it's like a family member or, uh, you know, a crazy cousin or something along those lines. So uh, did you have like a background in tech? Uh, you don't have to, you know, get into your full background or, or anything like that. But what what kind of, uh, I guess, stuck out uh, about Bitcoin for you? Was it like the tech, the sound money? Like what kind of made that initial click? Um, yeah, so so like I said, I first heard about it um, in college, but I didn't actually look into it until I was in China. But um, whenever, like, what really probably stuck out, I don't, I can't really pinpoint when this happened, but I was kind of already government skeptical by the time I saw the white paper. And it's just like, you know, the idea of money outside of the control of, you know, any one entity, including governments, was attractive. And, you know, I didn't really understand at the time, technically, how that w was enabled. But um, I, I would say that was kind of the, the main draw is, is just like, you know, the, the idea just, just seemed too good to be true at the time. But but, um, you know, in a good way, like in like a way you want to learn more about. And and, you know, it, it just just that 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 concept of of, you know, uncorruptible money. It was it was, it was just like was curious to me. And, and it's kind of funny, like, you know, a lot of people kind of find Bitcoin through maybe Austrian economics or, or you know, their love of macro or whatever. Whereas, like, I found Austrian economics and macro by way of Bitcoin. So, you know, Bitcoin kind of you know, was, was my, my, um, I guess, baptizer into the world of, of, you know, trying to understand the craziness of, of our current monetary regime, as you, as you know, you call it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so you found Bitcoin, right. And then now, uh, you're down the rabbit hole, you probably purchased some of your first and, you know, you're holding on to it. And now it brings you to, you know, creating base 58, to my understanding, Base58 is more of like a Bitcoin educational program. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So, so we, um, you know, we call it, we call ourselves the world's best Bitcoin education company, right? So we, um, our flagship offering is a six-week transaction protocol course. So my co-founder, um, Nifty Nay, um, on Twitter, or um, she works at Blockstream on Core Lightning. So she's been a developer for about ten years and been working on Bitcoin for about four. And, um, you know, I met her now, like almost a year ago to the date. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of last year, you know, she kind of came to me with the idea she wants to start teaching these courses and asked if I would kind of be on the business side of the house. And, um, you know, we kind of got the paperwork written up and, and then 
we launched our first course at the end of January and it's just been off the races ever since. So um, we, we do more than just the transaction protocol course. We also have um, what we call the Bitcoin node LARP or live action role play, but that's kind of more of a, um, you know, family friendly or, or new friendly way of kind of visualizing and, and making the, you know, something a visceral, you know, and, and innately digital in Bitcoin, like the P2P network of Bitcoin, the peer-to-peer network of how, trend, how you know, um, Bitcoin nodes connect and how transactions are mined and sent. We kind of take take these real-world concepts that, that you know, you can't really touch and kind of make it kind of replicate it in a physical way that's kind of gamified and fun for people to, to learn. And and then uh, we we just recently um, had a conference, that, a conference, combo conference and hackathon that we um, planned and, and promoted, co-promoted and planned with, with Pleb Lab um, out of Austin. So we, we handled like the conference side of things. They handled the hackathon and, you know, we kind of came together as, as two teams and, and just, you know, we're banging it out and, 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 you know, figuring out things behind the scenes and, and, you know, we just had a great event. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep on iterating on our products we have. We're, we want to add new products and, um, and, you know, we're going to keep on getting better, but, but, you know, thus far, this first six months of, of operation have, have you know, been really, really great. Wow. So six months only, and you're already, you know, getting base 58 up to run, and then you get Bitcoin plus plus. You didn't, you didn't throw in the name there, but I'll throw it in there for oh, yeah, thank you. listening. Because, I mean, if, if you're, you know, in the Bitcoin space, and even if you're not a developer or into that sort of realm, I think, you know, by now you hear it on Marty Ben's podcast and some of these other places, like you hear it all the time. Uh, coming out of Austin and you know that's a huge deal and so good on you I think like one of the great things that I love about uh, Bitcoin and and Bitcoin network just not like the actual network but the people in it is that they really embody the whole proof of work concept so like you said you know you've gotten in there six months already trying to help educate and uh, and uh, now putting together a conference so uh, like I got to ask you, like, what was the motivation behind doing all this? Was it like, okay, like I learned all this stuff and I need to spray it to the world? Or was it more like, hey, somebody asked me to help and I was like, why not? Um, what was, uh, did you always kind of plan on doing something like this? What was kind of, uh, I guess, the reasoning behind starting all this? Yeah, yeah. So I would kind of say like, it's, you know, things things tend to work out whenever you have, whenever you put in a dedication, you know, over a certain part point in time, I would say. So, and I've been in Bitcoin for a little while. And then last year in Bitcoin Miami, um, you know, 2021, excuse me, um, I decided to get more involved. And, and uh, you know, like, I, I didn't really know what that meant at that point in time. But, I, you know, initially, I, I just decided I'm just going to start going to meetups. So after 2021 in Miami, I went to BitDevs in, um, in Austin the week after. And I introduced myself to Parker Lewis. Um, you know, the head of BD at, at Unchained Capital. And, you know, I had found him through his his essay series gradually and suddenly. And and that kind of really helped me understand, like bridge the gap between, uh, you know, quote unquote, blockchain, Bitcoin, not blockchain. Right. And and um, so I just introduced myself and just told him, you know, thank you for his work. And he ended up telling me about the um, Houston meetup that goes on monthly and uh, like this was before it even is in its current form and size, like because now we have it, it's hosted in a luxury car garage, 
but at the time it was um there was like a local brewery uh holler brewing that that hosted it like the first time i went and um there's where i met uh where i met my you know co-founder lisa or, or nifty Nay on twitter and you know she she basically was like you know i have a i want to start a, a weekly you know technical meetup and and she was like you know please come if you want to and i didn't really know of her at the time or i knew of core lightning um i guess back then it was sea lightning so i knew what she was working on but i had never you know been introduced to her as a person um but i kind of you know was reading the room and kind of noticed the respect she got you know amongst everybody who was there so whenever she you know invited me to the meetup i had already decided like you know two weeks ago that i want to be more involved so it was just um you know perfect timing and and uh you know that kind of that meetup grew from like four initial like so there was one guy that she just met with like the first the first meetup she had um before i even joined was just um, one of our friends now like one of my friends now but i didn't know him at the time and then the meetup i went to i invited one of my friends it was four of us and and like you know the biggest meetup we have we've had has been maybe about 12 because we kind of keep it word of mouth we, we don't really promote it but um we have like eight core friends that we call it and we call ourselves the blackheads right so it's kind of just you know Mace 58 has just kind of been a, a labor of love of, of just of just showing up right and kind of like you said with proof of work um lisa had had been kind of working on some course material um that she wanted to you know she wanted to start teaching and and you know she she had the course material but she kind of wanted somebody to come in and and be on the business side operations and you know uh, promotion and biz dev side side of things and you know at the time whenever I met her I I didn't really have it you know I didn't have it in my mind's eye that you know this is where things would end up but but it just kind of um, over over time you know we built a, a rapport and got to know each other better and you know she came to me with the idea and, and you know I, I really I really kind of felt that this is exactly what I wanted to be doing is getting more like I said getting more involved and. And I felt that, um, you know, after, by the time she she introduced the idea, like I already, you know, knew of, of how prolific she was and how smart she is. So, it, you know, I was I was like ready to jump at the opportunity. And, and you know, we, we've just we, we mesh really well as a team and and we've just been able to um, you know kind of iterate and execute. And, and you know, we're just going to keep on doing that um, and, and keep on trying to improve, improve the product offerings we, we give to people because, you know, we we really want to help people on their journey, right? Like, you know, like most most everybody in Bitcoin, un unless you literally just kind of found the, the white paper by yourself and and just talk to Satoshi directly, like or actually didn't even talk to anybody, I guess. But everybody learns from somebody, is, is what I was alluding to. So, you know, we we want to kind of help people um, lessen the learning curve and, and kind of you know be able to get in and and um, be able to contribute and. We've had a couple. We've had a couple um, of our alumni already get jobs at Bitcoin companies, and you know their learnings at Base the A were part of of you know preparing them for for that opportunity. So you know it, it's really awesome being able to to you know just give put, give it um, you know give back and kind of just um, pay it forward. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I agree with you 100. percent Like most Bitcoiners learn from somebody else, and uh, you know, at the same time, they, they, you know, a lot, a lot of Bitcoiners that I know are, are more than willing to kind of share their knowledge as well, which is great. So um, on that note, there is a lot of FUD going around right yeah. now with the price action and all that kind of stuff. So as like a Bitcoin educator, 
Um, I don't know if you like to call yourself that or what, but you know, you, you got base 58. So how do you kind of tell people now, uh, you know, that Bitcoin's a good investment or a good, you know, store of value or a good place to park their money? Like, how do you kind of go about that conversation right now when it seems like uh, the world is ending uh, all, all with Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So first off, um, from a pure price perspective, I, I would just say zoom out, right? Because on over no four-year period has, has anybody holding Bitcoin been down over four years, right? So, so you know, that, that's the first thing is just zoom out a little bit and kind of just see the, you know, albeit short relative to, to you know, maybe other quote-unquote asset classes, um, you know, just look at history, right? And understand that Bitcoin trades 24-7, and, you know, in, a, in liquidity events, you you sell what you can, not what you want. So the fact that Bitcoin is a global market that trades 24-7 makes it very attractive, you know, um, to you know, a very attractive asset to, to liquidate, you know, in, in times of stress. So the fact that it the fact that it moves so quickly can, you know, counterintuitively be a positive thing. Right. Because of the fact that it just means that there is. Um, you know, there, there's a market that, that, you know, it can be used and, and, and um, you know, liquidated in within pretty much whatever people want. But but even outside of that, you know, every every 10 minutes on average, a block is being created, you know, regardless of the price movements. Right. Bitcoin, the the, the system itself has no concept of, of its price. Right. You know, that's kind of, you know, human human um, value being ascribed to, to, you know, this invention, some people call it discovery, however you want to characterize it. And, um, and, you know, like the price doesn't actually impact the system itself and how it runs. So, so like in terms of, of, you know, it being a holistic system and uh, an alternative system, like it, you know, obviously in terms of being able to support a global economy, like, you know, the value per Bitcoin is going to have to go up, Um, you know, just, or, or I guess inversely, the price of everything has to come down, right? You know, denominated in Bitcoin. But, but the point being that um, that in order for Bitcoin to be able to support a global economy, you know, there, there's more scaling that has to be done. But, but from a price perspective, you know, it has to absorb a lot more um, value and 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 a lot more things have to be denominated in it. Uh, but, but um, you know, this past week. Bitcoin plus plus in Austin just kind of goes to show that that you know if you kind of are in Bitcoin and you and you keep up with what's going on, you know the prices and everything, right? Like ultimately, there are a lot of smart people that are um, working hard and giving their time, some for free, to you know improve Bitcoin because they're hopeful for the future and Bitcoin is part of that. So you know the while the price might move and fluctuate. Um, you know, wildly in the short term, over the long term, not only has the price, you know, gone up on a long time frame, but the system has gotten more robust. And and ultimately, you know, I, I would argue that the deeper you get in Bitcoin, you know, even though it, you know, it still affects you and it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't feel good when the price goes down, you know, in certain regards, you reach Bitcoin Zen whenever you're happy. The price goes down also because then you can buy more Bitcoin, you know, assuming you have the dry powder. So it's, it's kind of a counterintuitive feeling, you know, where, where, you know, where at least where I'm at in Bitcoin, where even though the price goes down and, and we're down like almost 70 percent from the all time high, 
you know, it, it's still a very, I'm still very hopeful for the future of Bitcoin and very excited at the prospect of being able to get, you know, cheap, cheap Bitcoin because I kind of just see it as being on, being um, at a discount. Yeah, exactly. And if, you know, you zoom out, like even like two years back, it was at what, like about four grand about uh, uh, March, May 2020. Uh, so, I mean, like if you if you go back even just a couple years, you 5x your money. So um, in my opinion, that's not a bad investment. I don't know. Call me crazy. But uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's, you know, a, a lot of people get into it for the number go up. And at the same time, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, I did too. But you kind of figure out the, the deeper principles, and you kind of deep in, dig into what's going on in the in the overall like Bitcoin economy. And you know, I agree with you 100. A lot of smart people are working on it, and uh, you know, I think the very interesting thing is now, and we'll kind of get into like a little bit of uh, you know some of the exchanges and stuff like that in a second, but. If you look at, you know, some of the exchanges, you're seeing a lot of massive layoffs. Um, and that's kind of the thing that the companies that are dealing in, you know, the shit coinery are kind of uh, laying a lot of people off. But on the flip side, a company like Block and Cash App and all these things are hiring, uh, you know, lightning developers and, and all these other things. So um, and Bitcoin companies are hiring. So I think it's like really interesting that even in a down market, Bitcoin companies are hiring while like companies that kind of dabble in the shit coinery are, uh, you know, not necessarily thriving as much. And uh, I think there's a good reason for that. So, uh, you know, I think overall, I'm just very bullish on the space. And I think even with uh, the recent price drop, Bitcoiners kind of are licking their chops, like you said, looking at it as a discount, whereas, uh, you know, shit coiners and maybe like stock pickers and other things are kind of freaking out a little bit more. Yeah, so I would say in terms of, of you know, shitcoiners and stock pickers freaking out, uh, I think that kind of just goes to show their actual conviction level, right? And because ultimately, if if I didn't think Bitcoin would, would you know, surpass its all-time highs, I'd be freaking out too, right? Because, you know, I, I denominate my savings in Bitcoin. So, you know, I, I'm going down with the ship at this point, right? Um, but I, I believe that, that on a long enough time frame, you know, um, big, you know, more and more people will, will want to denominate their value in their in their savings and their time in Bitcoin, and for that reason, you know, the price will will um, just by factor of of more people adopting it will will go up, right? Like it's just a, a um, kind of just math, as people say, right? But if you are kind of in it for a quick buck. And, you know, you know, it's just like kind of you're playing the greater fool Ponzi of like, you know, I can make money as long as I get in and get out. Then if you kind of get caught flat footed and you didn't get out quick enough. And on top of the fact, you know, you you might have you might have been in a shit coin to 20, 50 X. And now you held it back down to the bottom. You know, of course, you would be feeling bad because you probably didn't have a lot of conviction in, it in the first place. And, and if you did have conviction in it. This might have tested your conviction, and, and I, I had a similar story, right? You know, I um, you know, my my history in, in Bitcoin isn't isn't completely um, you know clean from from shitcoinery, right? So it's one of those things that hard lessons, um, you know, teach teach you know teach really deep, you know, give give deep learning, right? And and you know, either it's kind of like either you lose or you learn, and and fortunately for me, I learned, and I lost, <laughs> I lost too. But I, but I but I learned from it ultimately, and and you know they say that that um, 
I guess like smart people learn from their own mistakes and wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Right. So if there's anybody out there that's listening and, you know, um, you're kind of just finding Bitcoin or quote unquote crypto now and you, you find this podcast, they like, definitely don't waste your time with crypto. It, you know, it seems shiny and and, you know, it there are a lot of narratives that kind of try to lead people away from Bitcoin, in, in my opinion, to, to enrich themselves, um, whether whether it's whether they admit it to themselves or not. But, um, you know, learn from the mistakes of others. There are a lot of people that got caught up in this terror stuff and the Celsius stuff. Um, you know, there the are a lot more um, insolvencies that they will probably, you know, pop up, you know, um, as as, you know, these these next weeks and months go on. So learn from the mistakes of others and and just kind of find the signal in Bitcoin, um, you know, um, would be my, my argument or my opinion. But but yeah, like I think, you know, so for the conference, I had my mom come out and volunteer. And um, for the most part, man, like up to this point, Bitcoin has been a number on the screen for my mom. But kind of seeing all, all the people who are, you know, just came together and friendly and and want to learn and are motivated and are working on a lot of things kind of really evolved her perspective on what Bitcoin is and kind of the promise of it. And and I think that ultimately, you know, it you have to kind of like Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle said, Twitter is a real place. You have to kind of like, you know, you have to kind of get out off of the Internet to really understand the full impact of Bitcoin, the way that it's able to impact people's lives by talking to people and, and you know, meeting people and, and, you know, kind of just having those interactions. So, you know, it, it, it's scary right now because, because, you know, the price is moving against, against us. Um, well, once again, that's all a matter of perspective. Like, you know, you, you need more sats, but the price is, is going down. Um, but, but, you know, I've never been more, more bullish on the underlying um, robustness of, of what's being built out in Bitcoin. And, and, you know, that trend, that trend has never, has never had a bear market. Like, you know, the, the building trend in Bitcoin has never, has never um, backtracked. Like it's always, it's always been up and to the right in terms of making the system better, having more features, more options, and, and trying to, um, you know, developers really thinking deeply about how to best um, implement a system with the trade-offs that they're presented with and, and, you know, allow people to have, choice in um and you know the software they run and and um kind of like you know how they how they choose to use bitcoin because ultimately bitcoin is backwards compatible all the way to the first the first um out the first uh version released by by satoshi nakamoto so you know that there is a lot of work that goes into be able to make that possible and and um you know it's it's just a beautiful thing whenever you actually understand the uh, mechanics even though it takes a little while for that to happen. Exactly. No, I agree with you 100%. And I love that little monologue you went on there. Just just preaching to the choir, man. I mean, I, th- I agree with you. Like these crypto schemes, it just seems like, you know, they're kind of disingenuous as, as it seems. And, you know, it, it sucks for seeing, uh, it sucks that you're seeing like a, a lot of people getting rug pulled. And, uh, but, you know, I think it's going to create more Bitcoin maxis. And uh, that kind of brings me to the first story. We'll jump in right away because you kind of mentioned it as, as already. But um, exchanges are kind of stopping withdrawals. So I've seen it on Celsius, uh, not the drink, not the temperature, but the exchange, Coinbase, BlockFi and others 
have either paused withdrawals or limited the amount of uh, of like crypto, Bitcoin, whatever uh, that you can withdraw from the platform. So I think Bitcoiners have been kind of screaming this since the Mount Gox situation. Um, but uh, yeah, why don't you get into, I, I guess, like keeping Bitcoin on an exchange, like what's your view overall on that and view overall on like the situation, pausing withdrawals and uh, <clears throat> pausing withdrawals or limiting them? Yeah, so there's a learning curve to, to Bitcoin, right? And I understand that, you know, Bitcoiners understand that. So I can understand why people would want somebody, you know, uh, somebody that they trust, whether that trust is is um, is like really well well placed or not, to, you know, kind of hold their hand or do things for them, right? But ultimately, Bitcoin is the first... Um, you know, form of money, asset, whatever, whatever, however you want to characterize it, that you can remove all counterparty risk from, right? And 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 that is no no liability of anybody else, right? It, it's other than gold, um, which which you know is a is a, a bare asset that um, you know in a, in and of itself holds value. There's nothing else like Bitcoin, right? And and Bitcoin is improvement on gold because it's not physical. So like gold's limitation is effective as physical. And that's why gold became centralized because ultimately in order to, to use it in commerce, there's a, a huge, um, huge uh, friction to the fact it's physical and, like, and, and, and it's hard to subdivide it, you know, without having a specialized, um, you know, knowledge, knowledge base of, you know, how to melt down metals and recast it. So, you know, the, the fact that people put Bitcoin on exchanges and, and kind of use them as their confidence crutches makes sense, you know, from a, a um, you know, initial entry into Bitcoin perspective. But like I would urge people to try to, you know, get over that learning curve and, and educate themselves as quickly as possible, because ultimately you're just you're replicating the system that Bitcoin is is obsoleting by. Um, introducing another uh, a trusted third party, right? And ultimately, you know, some people say not your keys, not your coins. Other people say not your keys, not your cheese. However you want to say it, um, what that means is that Bitcoin ownership of Bitcoin is all knowledge based. Like Bitcoin is is just a text, ultimately a text system that um, you know is is open and and distributed, um, and essentially. Ownership to the units that are, you know, um, tracked within the Bitcoin ledger are are secured via um, what are called private keys or um, and private keys are just like imaginably large numbers. Right. Uh, but but essentially knowledge of the private key, um, a lot of times they are encoded in what are called seed phrases, which is just a more human readable way to to represent this really large number. So instead of being, you know, a, a number with up to 50 or more digits, uh, you know, you, you can put it in a, in a 12 to 24 word phrase. And that's how, that's how you can represent it. Like the same as, you know, one, a word in English can be represented in Spanish or Chinese. It's, it still ultimately has largely the same meaning, but you know, how you represent it is different. But, um, but, you know, like all these learning, all these things is not easy. And like Bitcoin, I would argue is counterintuitive until it's hyperintuitive, right? 
So, so you know, it makes sense that people want to to have somebody to trust. But the problem is you can't trust people. <laughs> like if 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 um, monetary history has told us anything else, is that don't trust people with your money. Like ultimately, the the um, the allure or the the draw of of being able to take people is just too strong for a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, we don't know if Coinbase, you know, is going to have problems making good on all of the people that they owe or BlockFi, but it seems Celsius is already at that point. Like, you know, they haven't come out and been forthright about it, um, which is part of the issue of why you don't want to keep your Bitcoin on these exchanges. But it seems from outside looking in that they're already at that point where probably all of the people that, that um you know use their lend product that are actually unsecured creditors and even people that you know use their wallet or or you know uh, bought bitcoin or whatever through them um you know they're probably not all going to be whole like so ultimately you know bitcoin gives you the ability to control your wealth in a way that nobody can take from you like you know you i, I don't advocate for this but but you can die um you can die and and you know nobody can take your Bitcoin. Like or, like ultimately, you know, with anything that's physical, if somebody kills you and and that physical item is 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 near in the same vicinity or proximity that you are, they can take that from you. But with Bitcoin, the way that it's it's engineered is like I said, Bitcoin ownership is knowledge of Bitcoin. So if you die with the knowledge of your Bitcoin, nobody can take that from you. And and that's kind of something that's like, you know. They say that nobody can take an idea from you, right? Like, you know, or nobody can take knowledge from you. And and that applies to Bitcoin. So if you kind of give up that superpower of, of you know, knowledge being ownership whenever you, you trust somebody else to safeguard that knowledge. So that's ultimately why Bitcoiners, you know, beat down, beat the table about, you know, getting your, you're getting your keys off of exchanges because you are ceding your power to the exchange and now you're at the mercy of, you know, their their good or bad intentions or, you know, or incompetency or anything in between. Right. Like I, I kind of have a, a thing I always say in terms of people in power, you know, like um, whether their actions are malicious or incompetent. But a lot of times it doesn't really matter because it still affects you the same way. Um, but but, you know, you don't really want to be asking yourself whether the intentions of of, you know, the people you thought you trusted are malicious or or incompetent. You you want to just know that that the work you put in is the foundation of how you secure your wealth and and you know are able to to create a legacy off of that and you know pass it down to to you know um, you know other members of your family uh, you know as, as you know whenever you whenever you pass on. Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. And I I think the, you know, when it comes back to you know, you're putting your assets on an exchange that's essentially unregulated. Like you said, you're trusting a third party asset or a third party company to hold your assets that you could potentially hold for yourself. So you're saying that you trust these other people opposed to you know trusting yourself. You know, maybe some people don't want that liability, but you got to understand that risk and that these companies too, they, they don't really have a long track record, right? So like, a Coinbase and, and some of these other ones, I think Coinbase was the kind of the first mover uh, or at least one of the bigger first movers. And uh, I think it's maybe like eight years old or five, you know, maybe even less than that. 
And so uh, these companies, you know, kind of are, are just getting started and just getting into their phase. And so they haven't really faced a big economic downturn like, like we're kind of coming to right now. And so you're trusting a third party company with really not a proven track record in an environment that, you know, is kind of uncertain for not only that company, but for everybody. And it's in an industry that's, you know, not really regulated and I'm not really pushing for regulation or anything like that. But if it's a uh, company like uh, Charles Schwab or one of these brokerages, they have to go through everything through the SEC and it's a lot more regulated where as these Bitcoin and crypto companies, they're still getting, you know, under definition of regulation. The SEC is kind of figuring out like whether or not yeah, how to track it. And so like nobody's really keeping track of these companies to see if, you know, if you buy an asset on that platform, if that company actually buys that asset or if they reinvest your money and just kind of say that it's there, you know, like it's not really being tracked. So, you know, I really do feel for these people that have their, uh, you know, Bitcoin and other crypto assets to a lesser extent on these exchanges. But I think it's, it's going to teach everybody kind of a lesson, right? That um, one, that exchanges aren't really a safe place for your assets, um, unless you maybe you're doing trading or, or something along those lines. But even that, you know, I don't really recommend. But um, and two, like, you know, if, if you want to take ownership, yeah, Bitcoin allows you to do that and you can do that. And like you said, if you want to pass it down, you, you have more than uh, enough opportunity to do that. And so I think it's Bitcoin makes it really powerful where it's not gold where you have to get it verified or, you know, you need to lock it in a safe or something like that. You could simply have like a you know, USB or you could get another company like a, you know, a Casa or one of these other ones to kind of do multi-sig. There's like so many other ways to make it secure where, um, you know, where like gold and, and like stocks and everything like that, like you might not necessarily be able to regulate on your own. Right. So maybe these, uh, you know, like a Schwab account or some of these other ones uh, limit the amount of money that you take in and take out. Um, whereas like Bitcoin, you could do everything instantly. And that's, you know, simply the beauty of it. And that's why, you know, I, I think you and I are, are such huge advocates for it. So I think uh, it's a tough lesson to see a lot of these people learn, but I think it's a warranted one. And that, you know, at the end of the day, is going to make people stronger Bitcoiners. Yeah, so... To that, I would say that, um, you know, there, there's a reason why our, our brains, uh, you know, interpret pain, right? Like, or, or like pain is a, is a biological evolutionary reaction to stimuli in our environment, right? Because it's basically supposed to teach you a lesson, right? Like, you know, if, if, you, if you know, you experience pain, then, then, you know, that kind of makes you think, like, Take, take a step back and like what caused me to experience pain so I can prevent this again, right? And, and you know, our brains are wired for risk aversion. So, you know, ultimately, this is a shitty lesson. And, and you know, I, um, like, trust me, I, I, I've been there learning shitty lessons before. Uh, and, and it's not fun. But, but it, like, the way that you, the way that you can elevate from shitty lessons is by actually learning from them, right? So, Anybody that has, you know, learned a shitty lesson, you know, um, it's, you know, I, I don't know your personal situation, but you can, you can get out of, out of the situation you're in, right? Like it, it and, and, you know, you can, you know, 
start back from a foundation of, of um, you know, just trying to do better and trying to improve and just, and just, you know, have that, that um, aim and, and you'll try to do it every day and, and kind of just go from there. But, you know, to your point, there are a lot of mechanisms within Bitcoin that allow you to secure it, right? Like we don't have to get into all of them now, but multi-sig is one of those. And there are providers like Casa, like Unchained, that are companies that, um, you know, even though they have a short track record, they, um, you know, they actually kind of take away some of the trust by using on-chain mechanisms. Because ultimately, um, Bitcoin, you know, regardless of, of government regulation or, you know, uh, extrajudicial regulation of, of, you know, some of these um, multinational, uh, you know, regulatory bodies that, that really aren't of any one country, but, but still somehow, you know, determine a lot of the, the, the regulations that come down on, on different global citizens. Like Bitcoin ultimately doesn't care about them. And Bitcoin is only regulated by the rules that that were set out in Bitcoin, and and the rules that are ultimately enforced by full node runners. And what I mean by full node runners are like people who have the full archival history of every transaction happening in Bitcoin, and also choose which version of Bitcoin they run. Because each version of Bitcoin, even though it's backwards compatible, each newer version adds new features. And some fix some bugs, and, and you know. Um, so ultimately, as as the end user, um, you know, with Bitcoin, you are empowered, and you're empowered by running a full node and enforcing the rule set that you choose. And when that scales up, it's it's pretty much like you know, um, you know, economic majority. Uh, you kind of economic majority matters in order to be in consensus. But that's also the beautiful thing about Bitcoin too, is like, is technically, if you don't agree with the economic majority for one reason or another, you can be in the, you could be in the minority and, and still enforce your own rules. And, and like that would cause a chain split. And, you know, ultimately we, in terms of, of just causing less confusion amongst, amongst, um, you know, people who are new to Bitcoin, we um, generally, uh, I guess, developers and, and, and you know, interested parties try to try to um, you know avoid chain splits as, as much as possible. But ultimately, it is it is um, you know always a, an option that, that anybody can use, right? Like ultimately, if tomorrow the principle, like the principles of 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 um, you know of what we consider as Bitcoin, you know, like essentially the chain that all, goes all the way back to Satoshi. If those, if I don't agree with those principles anymore, I can take the history up to that point and kind of fork it off and start and start a new chain, right? And and ultimately, that's that's happened before, and that has led to you know just a lot of a lot of um, you know broken promises and and maybe broken dreams because the the economic majority hasn't moved over to those chains. But the point being, the fact that you can always always means you have an option, and and. You know, just because you have an option doesn't mean you should exercise it. But optionality is is always, um, you know, better than less options, right? Like, you know, more choice. Like, I kind of always argue that that um, money generally and Bitcoin specifically gives you 
good, it gives you um, more choices, but it doesn't help you make good choices, right? So you can still make bad choices, um, but you have more choices. And, and ultimately, um, with more choices, um, you can always put yourself in a better position than with less choices, I would, I would argue at least. But, um, but yeah, so Bitcoin is not re- like, you know, it's regulated um, in and of itself. So, so ultimately, you know, even trusting regulators to get your Bitcoin back is, is not a foolproof thing. And, and, you know, Bitcoin, there's trade-offs all the way down, right? Like, uh, so the trade-off of, of putting your money on exchange is that they can run away with all of it. Um, so ultimately the fear of losing all of your Bitcoin is, is not abated or mitigated by putting it on exchange either, because, because, you know, they can, you might lose your Bitcoin through incompetence. If, if like, you know, you move it before you actually understand um, the, you know, mechanically how to do that, but you can also lose all your Bitcoin maliciously by the exchange is taking it from you. So ultimately education is, is always going to be the, um, you know, your biggest, your biggest uh, tool when it comes to using Bitcoin, right? Like, like education is the bedrock of, of um, self-sovereignty, you know, and, and ultimately in order, in order not to rely on people, you have to build up the um, knowledge and the ability to, to rely on yourself. And, and, you know, when it comes to um, owning Bitcoin, that is, that is the, the pinnacle of, of Bitcoin is the fact that you can own it and, and you can reliably know that nobody can confiscate it from you um, if you secure it correctly and it can't be inflated if, you know, um, because nobody can force you to, to run a newer version of Bitcoin that has, you know, um, you know, inflation introduced to it. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, those are things, those, those are principles or, or advantages that are enshrined with, with usage of Bitcoin, right. Both in terms of using a full node to, um, you know, like I said, to have the full history and enforce the rule set you want, but also to secure your, your private keys and, um, and, you know, make sure that that knowledge or that information and that knowledge is safeguarded and, and that you're not giving that to somebody else to do it, do with um, how they see fit. Yeah, exactly. And there's a point that you raised there about Bitcoin not being inflationary. And so that will bring me perfectly into the next story of the Fed raising interest rate by 75 basis points. So I feel like this was kind of more of one the uh, uh, more of the one in anticipated Fed meetings. Maybe it's just because I started paying attention. I don't know, but it was the largest rate hike in 28 years. Um, essentially, the Fed's like you know raising interest rates in attempt to fight inflation. For those that don't know, the interest rate uh, essentially is just like the easy accessibility to money. So if uh, you know, a bank or, or somebody or a business wants to get money, um, the interest rate kind of affects uh, how easily they can get that money and how much of that they have to pay back. Um, and so, yeah, uh, what do you think about, uh, I guess, the Fed trying to fight inflation by uh, raising the interest rate? Do you kind of subscribe to the theory that, you know, although it was, uh, you know, the Bitcoin has like these hard money principles and that cap, you um, I'm kind of still of the theory that 
it's not only that um, the monetary policy that that underwent, um, you know, during 2020 printing 40% of the money supply, but also like the supply chain issues that were still kind of going under. Um, so do you kind of do you think that, you know, the Fed's making the right move here by raising these interest rates or or what is your, I, I guess, overall opinion of, uh, you know, th- this move by Jerome Powell and our friends at the Fed? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they're making the right move. Um, for me, the right move would be to get out the way. Right. But they wouldn't do that. Um, but I, I kind of see this as shock therapy, whereas essentially the um, the Fed is between a rock and a hard place. Right. Because ultimately, um, you know, I saw a meme that I kind of feel like this is really it. But like at this point, they painted themselves into a corner and the two options they have are are, um, you know, inflation, high inflation and a recession or depression. Right. And I think they're trying to teeter totter and stay on the fence um, while there's like, you know, hurricane force winds <laughs> that are blowing them either direction. And and, you know, they you know, they're, they're trying to fight it. And, and I don't think they can. But I uh, you know, when it comes to interest rates, interest rates are, you know, affect the price of money. And and, you know, it's probably a weird concept for a lot of people that haven't um, kind of done a deeper dive into what money is. But in, I guess, the Austrian economic school, uh, money is the most saleable good, which just means it's like the most desired good on, in the market, essentially. Right. But money is still a good. And and like every good money has a price and the price of money in Bitcoin is ultimately um, electricity. Right. Like Bitcoin is 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 um, is imbued with value, um, you know, through thermodynamics. But and that's diametrically opposed to the financial uh, sorry, the um, central bank model in which there are a group of people that determine the, the price of money. So the Fed is raising the price of money to destroy demand. And, th- and this is largely from their own words. Right. Because as an, as an entity, the Fed has the ability to create money out of nothing and to change the price of money. What they can't do is create goods out of nothing, out of thin air, right? So ultimately, with inflation, what that tells you is that there's more money chasing goods than there was um, relative to the, to the more recent past, right? Um, you know at the basis of what's happening. So basically there's, you know, if yesterday there was a hundred dollars chasing, you know, a uh, hundred apples and today there's $200 chasing a hundred apples. Well, you know, ultimately all those equals, the price of apples has to come up for, for, you know, the, the, um, on average for, you know, those, those same apples to end up to the most, the, the people who want them the most, right. Um, or, or at least who can afford them. And, uh, you know, so ultimately the Fed can't affect the supply chain at all, um, really, like, because, you know, you can print more money, but ultimately there's a, there's a concept of, of moral hazard where once you print the money, who do you choose to give it to you? Right. And, and, you know, kind of once you choose to give it to somebody, you're picking winners and losers and you might not be picking a winner that actually, you know, is going to use the money to the best of the, um, you know, the most efficient use of it. Like you might, you might give it, you, it might end up in the hands of a tech company that is trading at 50 times earnings 
and you know has never actually turned a profit right <laughs> so so ultimately i don't i don't think that they're doing the right move but you know i i don't envy the the job because you know it's they're pretty much like they can't admit fault well they can but they won't but they also can't fix what's happened right it, it's kind of just like it's it's almost like you know they they've sliced their finger off and and they're just trying to like glue it back on right like you know and they're, they're just not admitting to themselves or anybody else that they're missing a finger now and and like you know there's some people that see the fist, the fingers missing and and you know kind of be calling it out and understand that that you know you're not going to be able to put it back on but you know the facade is is too many people are caught up in the facade um at this point for you know in, in my estimation for them to for them to turn around now and it's just like they're, they're too deep like you know the white lie has snowballed way too deep now where it's, it's like they're calling their own web of lies and and you know now it's, it's just like you know cause you know they're trying like in in my estimation they're trying to they're trying to get as close to causing a recession without causing one or sorry depression <laughs> maybe even as, as possible but it's like it's probably too late and and um you know like like you said you print 40 percent of the money supply over what like five six trillion dollars within 12 months what do you expect right like in 2008 it took billions of dollars to to bail out the system and, and now it's it's up to trillions and it's it's just like you know the the you know i have i'm not the one who came up with this analogy but it's an apt analogy that it's kind of just like um trying to keep a junkie alive you know by giving them more drugs right because otherwise their body would shut down because of the dependency on the drugs but the drugs the drugs are causing independency and killing them at the same time. So it's just kind of like, you know, it, it is one of the situations where you can, you can go through the, you can have the relapse and, and, you know, have the, the shock of, of the relapse, or you can just keep on, you know, feeding the drugs until it kills you, right. And taking the drugs until it kills you. So um, it, it's, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not much of like a pontificator in terms of like what the Fed will do or like, you know, how things will play out because I think there are way too many people that, that sound very sure of themselves in terms of like what the Fed will do and this and that. And to a certain extent, like they might have inside information. Right. Um, so I, I'm not going to say that, that they, what they're saying, you know, doesn't have some basis in truth, but I don't really pontificate on the decisions they make. Um, because, you know, I don't know, but, you know, I, I do think that that they're just like right now trying to they're trying to hand wave and, and it's just not working. And, and that's just like diametrically opposed to the way Bitcoin works. Right. Bitcoin, the monetary policy in Bitcoin is set out. At the Genesis block, you know, when Satoshi developed Bitcoin, whether they them being a person or a group or um, whatever in between. <laughs> uh, they um, they decided that there would never be more than twenty um, well there never be more than um, twenty one million Bitcoin, which are subdivided into one hundred million subunits called Sato- uh, that have since been named Satoshis. Um, and so ultimately, there would never be more than two point one quadrillion Satoshis in the system, right? And the issuance of these Satoshis 
happens on a, on a roughly four year cadence. Um, technically, it is every 2000 and, um, and 200 and 210,000 blocks, which averages out, um, you know, on a on a 10 minute block um, t- schedule to about four years. But every four years, the amount of Bitcoin created cuts in half. And it started at the outset with 50. And right now we're, we're in what's called an epoch, which is just the time frame um, in between these these um, these how what they call halvings, where you know the supply issuance cuts in half. Um, we're in the epoch where one point, or sorry, no, six point six point two five Bitcoin are created every every block. And in roughly, I think May 2024, I need to go back and look, but I, I think give or take around there, um, the next halving will happen will be will be in a new epoch where um, 3.12 Bitcoin will be created every every um, every block. So you know the it's just diametrically opposed to the system that we have right now where human fallible humans with the hubris to think that they can, actually determine, you know, the way that a global economy moves and that they have more information than the global economy, um, you know, make arbitrary decisions that ultimately affect everybody in the economy and it has an outsized impact. Um, you know, Bitcoin is diametrically opposed to that. And, and, you know, we all ascribe to the monetary policy that was set out in the beginning. So Bitcoin is an opt-in system that myself and you and everybody else that you know is in Bitcoin, um, whether they know it or not. And if you don't know it, then definitely get on learning it. Um, you know, I, I would, like I said, for me, what really helped was Parker Lewis's Gradually and Suddenly series. But regardless, we all are ascribing to the to the monetary policy that was set out in the beginning of of, of the system, right? And and ultimately, each of us that runs a full node enforces that monetary policy by running that full node. So, you know, that that is why we as Bitcoiners, um, you know, think that Bitcoin is such a revolutionary system because it empowers the individual. And despite the price movements, which you know, the more you need Bitcoin in, you know, in, in countries that experience hyperinflation um, or, or, or high inflation, you know, it, it affects you more and, and it's unfortunate. Like, Regardless, um, you know, it's it's that power that that is is the real benefit of Bitcoin. So so I, it's a long winded way of saying that who who the fuck knows what's going to happen with with the Fed and, and their choices. But best believe it's going to have a negative impact on them. And because and, they're at a point where they really can't they can't um, they can't really steer the ship in a different direction. Exactly, exactly. And I think like, like you said, the Fed's kind of in a tough situation where the damage is already done. And, you know, Powell was actually asked uh, if people losing jobs is necessary to lower inflation. And he said, we're not looking to have a higher unemployment rate, but I would say I'd certainly look at that as a successful outcome. So just kind of pointing out like the generic economics that are monetary policy, and all of the systems that we have in place, is kind of lining out, it's it's obviously not the most optimal system if, you know, we need some sort of unemployment rate. Um, but yeah, we, we're, uh, we're running, uh, we, we got three more stories or four more stories to get through. So I, I want to be cautious with your time. So I'm going to jump to the next story real quick. 
um, because I think this is going to be a very interesting one for you um, because you're also a Bitcoin educator. But Jay-Z is partnering with Jack Dorsey for the Brooklyn Bitcoin Academy. So I don't know if you saw this story, but essentially Jay-Z and Jack are debuting the uh, Bitcoin Academy in uh, Jay-Z's hometown. It'll provide the goal of this academy is to provide people tools to build independence for themselves and the community around them. And this will provide uh, some residents of the Marcy House, which I believe is where Jay-Z grew up with uh, the innovation, uh, innovative financial educational programs. And it's also bringing people to people that are bringing Bitcoin to people that I believe that really need it. Right. Because I think. You know, at the end of the day, uh, Bitcoin's great for the average American or the upper class, but inflation infects the lower to, to lower middle class drastically more than, uh, you know, the people that don't necessarily live paycheck to paycheck, right? Because goods and services go up, but generally with inflation, asset prices go up as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess, how does it feel to, to be kind of in the same class as a Bitcoin educator as Jay-Z? And uh, what do you think of him partnering with Jack uh, to, uh, I guess, bring Bitcoin back home uh, to Brooklyn and uh, to the Marcy houses? Yeah, man. So I, I often tell people or talk about the concept of like six degree separation because like Bitcoin is, is a connector, right? It kind of Bitcoin cuts across all cultures and economic statuses, you know, whatever, whatever category you want to put yourself in or you're placed into, right? It cuts across that. So um, actually, um, uh, Nifty actually, actually does, you know, when she worked, she worked at Square for a time and she actually did meet Jack. So there's actually like a, a, what, two degrees of separation, I guess, between myself and Jay-Z, um, you know, just through her. But you know, I'm not very big on kind of like, I feel like a, a pretty bad trend on Bitcoin Twitter is like to kind of really jump too fast to, you know, people doing things that on the surface seem good for Bitcoin. And you kind of like, you know, you let a little time go by and you kind of see that, that, you know, maybe some people don't have as pure intentions or like as, um, as focused maybe of a directive. And I'm not saying that I, I think this is, this is the case with Jack and Jay-Z. I, I don't know them at all personally and really have no no opinion to give on them as people. Um, but I think I think assuming like I'm going to assume the best intentions of them um, and assuming the best intentions, I think it's great. Right. Like I, um, you know, being a black American, you know, I think that that there have been a lot of promises that we have been given and we have fallen for. And, you know, I, I think ultimately that's kind of like the problem with with politics. Is there's so much doublespeak. Like to what you were saying about Jay, Jay Powell, basically saying we don't want to say that, that we're we're trying to target more people to lose their jobs, but ultimately we need people to lose their jobs. Is what he was saying, and he was saying it. You have to read between the lines to know that. And and you know, the more Bitcoin education that can kind of cut through all the double speak and kind of just get to the core of of like this is a technology that could benefit you, and this is how it could benefit you, and we want to help you, we want to empower you, and you know to to um, understand that and use it is, is the more, the more education, the better. Right. And, and, you know, uh, I really hope, I really hope that um, the initiative is just focused on Bitcoin. Right. I, I really hope that it doesn't become like a crypto thing or anything like that. And I really hope that, um, you know, Jack and, and Jay-Z have the best intentions. And, and like I said, I'm going to assume that they do because 
I, I don't know them personally um, to give a determination otherwise. But I also am not going to just jump on the bandwagon of, of you know, like, rah, rah, like, you know, um, you know, you're awesome for doing this. Like, you know, kind of, you know, and I, I would hope the people with basically they give us the same, you know, hold us the same standard of, like, you know, don't, don't, you know, fall for the fact that we're saying what we're, what we're saying, you know, just give time to create proof of work so that you can evaluate like what actually is, is the impact that, that you know, this initiative is having. So, you know, I, I think of Bitcoin as, as my own 40 acres, right? Like, you know, like ultimately, uh, you know, the, the story of, 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 you know, basically the free slaves getting 40 acres of the mule, um, you know, regardless of, of its genesis is something that, that is part of American history. Right. And, and, you know, that is, that's something that, you know, I don't really necessarily believe in reparations because I, I think at this point it, we're just kind of so far removed from, from, you know, um, kind of the, the people who had direct hands in owning, in owning other humans, that it kind of gets murky. Right. But if I had a magic wand and, and, you know, I were able to make decisions, you know, the closest thing I would say to reparations is to give black people the ability to own Bitcoin and not have and use it as legal tender. Right. That, that would be closest I, I would ever say to, you know, have reparations. Right. Um, but but, you know, ultimately, I, I'm, I think that that to your to your point, people at people that are most affected by the negative externalities of the current system are the ones that need Bitcoin the most. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're, that they're targeting that group because ultimately basically the eight right now, like, you know, we are, we are trying to be a sustainable, a sustainable business, right? So our, our course offering right now is, is, has, we've gotten feedback for some people has been perfectly expensive to take. And, you know, we're trying to create, um, we're trying to create our course and like trying to create a synchronous course where we can bring down the price point. But ultimately, for us, we don't have the money to to do things like this, right? So it's awesome that they're billionaires that that you know seemingly want to get back. So I think that's great, and and you know the more people to do, the better. And maybe one day, um, you know, our paths will cross. Like you know, assuming that 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 um, we both both of our organizations continue to act in um, the best the best outcome for Bitcoin. So you know, it'd be awesome if one day you know. Um, like I said, we we can collaborate in, in one way or another. So, you know, like if that happens, we'll have to I'll have to come back on your podcast and then talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta tell J H to the Izzo or something like that, you know, <laughs> start start spitting one of his old verses or something like that, just jamming out with him. I think that would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, I think Jack is is a very good advocate for the space and everything that he's doing with block is great. But that also brings me to my next story where I'm not quite sure how I feel about this one. So Jack Dorsey announced that he is building Web5 with a company called TBD. Um, So the ETH crowd has been very, very, very big on the development of Web3. And now Jack Dorsey is two-upping them, you know, not one, but two-upping, going from Web3 to Web5. But essentially... It's being developed with the idea to combine the content ownership of Web3 with the decentralized content content creation of the traditional web, aka Web2. So that's how they got to Web5, using Web3, Web2, 
whatever. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really think that this is, this is development of this is like super necessary. Um, I I'm curious to hear your opinion on it because I feel like this is kind of like similar to every Bitcoiner having like their own Bitcoin node or Bitcoin miner. Um, I think like for mass adoption, maybe the true Bitcoiners will have uh, a node and a miner, but will the average person have a Bitcoin miner or a Bitcoin node? I don't really think so. And I don't really think that it's necessary for the network to work. Um, but so like on the same breath, would somebody, you know, necessarily have their own server instead of trusting like an AWS or, you know, one of these uh, other server providers um, in order to kind of run everything or have this this cloud or, or, you know, just to kind of protect their own data? I don't know. I mean, like the American people and like people globally have kind of been giving up their data for for so long that I don't really think that. Um, you know, I think that there's like maybe a select group of people that would do that, but, um, will it be widespread and massively adopted? I don't really think so. Uh, I'm curious to what you think about it. And, uh, yeah, I think, do you think like, it, it's kind of like, you know, necessary, like, like Jack needs to be doing something like this and I'm, I'm way off base or do you kind of agree with what I'm saying? I, um, to be honest, I'm really given it a lot of, a lot of, um, research like I, I think the name is kind of cringy to be honest like you know I, you know I, I kind of feel like it, it's it's trying to like take back something that that uh, that in the first place was kind of cringy and I, like but you know I don't you know it's I don't really know exactly the the I the, you kind of gave me the, the biggest the biggest understanding of, of what they're setting out to do because like, I didn't really do much research into it. I've kind of just seen seen things anecdotally about it on Twitter, but I think that um, you know, kind of like the a personal computing or personal server movement, I do think is interesting, right? Like what was happening with Star Nine and to a certain extent with Umbro too, I think is interesting. Um, and you know, I think the more choices, the better. And ultimately, over time, the the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that over time, the um, market will suss out all of all of the bad actors, right? Because there's no there's no bailouts and and, um, and you know, I don't know that what they're building is useful because I don't really know what they're setting out to build. But, like, if it is useful to be used, and if it's not, like, you know, so what? Like, it's, it's his money. He can, you know, I, I kind of, like, use your money how you see fit as long as you're not impeding on the freedom and uh, of others. So, you know, I don't have a strong opinion on it, so I'm not really going to speak on it too much. Um, but I don't think Bitcoin needs it. Like... <laughs> You know, Bitcoin will be fine without it, but that doesn't mean that it, it, it won't be a net positive, like, but it also could be a net negative. Like, you know, I, like, I think it's just kind of another one of those things, kind of like with the, with the last thing we talked about is I'm just going to give it time and, and, you know, let them prove themselves. And if they prove themselves, then, then that's the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is, is that I don't have to do anything. And, and there are people in the world that improve upon Bitcoin. All I have to do is just, just hold my Bitcoin, right? And the people who are improving on it and, they don't like. I don't have to be a stakeholder in in what they're doing, and, and they can still benefit me personally. So, this whole Web five stuff is probably going to be like one of those situations where it's just like until until like I've gotten you know I've heard of you know I've gotten more familiar with it. Um, you know, I, I'm really I'm just not even worry about it. You know, it just is what it is. Like you know, I, I I'm not really very big on like on you know billionaire or like tech 
tech icon worship, right? Like, so, you know, like I said, presumably the Jack, you know, he definitely on Twitter, he doesn't, he does he cuts to the chase in terms of, of seemingly being um, forthright in, in, in about how he feels about Bitcoin. So like from a public perspective, what I see of Jack, I don't have a lot of bad things to say, but once again, I don't know him personally. And, and the thing with social media generally is that you cultivate the, the public persona you want, right? Like, so, you know, like, um, my, my, uh, my profile pitch, picture is nothing like me, right? Like it, it, it you know, it's just, a, it's really a black Twitter meme that kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of just poured it over to, to, um, you know, kind of a Bitcoin context. So, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, I, I don't, I don't really have much of an opinion, but I am hopeful and optimistic that, that, you know, this would be something that, that benefits all holders of Bitcoin in the long run. And if it's not, you know, I still have Bitcoin. So it is what it is. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I get you a hundred percent. Like I, I think there's a lot of people that, that kind of worship every, every move that billionaires make. And I, I agree. Like, this is a story where I'm just like, I like Jack and I like what he does for Bitcoin, but is this necessary? I don't really think so. So um, I also agree that everybody should kind of have their own opinion on everything and that you shouldn't really just follow somebody blindly. Like if you disagree with Mike Saylor on something like, you know, that might be an unpopular opinion in the Bitcoin space, but I think it's necessary to have those discussions. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree more on that point where it's just like, it, it is like something where you shouldn't really worship these billionaires and these big people getting into Bitcoin because, um, you know, I think what makes a network work is everybody kind of having their own opinion. Um, but let's move on to the next story. So the Central African Republic, they announced that they're going to make Bitcoin legal tender and they've kind of brought out their path to Bitcoin adoption. Um, so they released a report, but it did include some limitations. Some of the limitations were the lack of energy and internet in many of the country's businesses. Also that a, uh, purchase of a SIM card for a smartphone requires a government issued ID. And a lot of the country does not have a government issue ID, but it also focused on eight recommendations in order to further adoption. And those eight recommendations were, um, to uh, focus on Bitcoin to facilitate adoption, buy and sell Bitcoin, so kind of get your feet wet in it, integrate the Lightning Network, start Bitcoin mining as a country, start education around Bitcoin, and use the Sango wallet, uh, figure out taxation, and ever issue government-backed bonds with Bitcoin, uh, or Bitcoin-backed government bonds, and it, it sounds awfully similar to the El Salvador plan to me um, and what they're doing right now. So I wonder if Bukele was kind of in, uh, you know, the Central African Republic's ear here and kind of like swaying them to do this. Um, but, and I know that, uh, you know, notable Bitcoiners like Samson Mao and Alex Gladstein have also been kind of helping line out this plan. So I wonder if it's kind of like they're, they're trying to make more of a, a universal plan to do this. But um, what do you think of... Uh, car uh you know making bitcoin legal tender and more and more countries kind of bringing it on this way um i think ultimately you know it's in in my in you know my mind's eye when i when i play out everything i think that every government over time will have to bend the knee right so the sooner you do it for the government the better 
right? I am skeptical of politicians, you know, regardless of of the um, the level, whether you know, I guess in the U.S., state, federal, or um, local. But but um, I don't really know how how that breaks down in the CAR. But I think that um, that you know, all of the a lot of the problems that that well, not not a lot of problems, but at least one of the problems in what you talked about in terms of the needing the government ID for the SIM card, like that's that's a policy issue, right? If 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 the go if the politicians there are actually serious about making Bitcoin, um, you know, a a tool in the daily life of their citizens, then they can change that policy, right? So I think that uh, that you know. I'm consciously optimistic, you know, that that all these different governments are, are, you know, planning a Bitcoin flag. But at the same time, like much to the same of, of like, you know, not falling for Bitcoin billionaire worship. I don't I don't I definitely don't think you should follow fall for um, for politician worship. Right. Like, and, and, you know, to a certain extent, there can there like I kind of see a little bit of a cult of personality thing developing with Bukele, right? Like, and 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 not to say that that he doesn't have the interests of his people at, at heart, like he might, but you know, there definitely seems to be a lot of a lot of um, kind of like personal aggrand, aggrandizement mixed in with that, right? And and you know, the CR announcement is what been like under two months now or something like that, so there hasn't been enough time to really. Uh, for me to really have a, a true determination of, of like how how I, I feel about it. But, you know, I think that that it's, it's good for Bitcoin that, that governments are, are, you know, just basically capitulating. Right. Like and and I rather a government be be um, forthright and, and and and, you know, ultimately try to to roll out the red carpet for Bitcoin. But I also am not completely trusting of the fact that, that this isn't a Trojan horse, you know, like, and, and that this is not just like a attempt to, um, to garner, you know, support or, 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 you know, kind of enrich, you know, the people who are making decisions like, and, and you know, it's really kind of just like a, a lot of, a lot of the, the, um, frictions around using Bitcoin are policy issues, even in the US. It's not really like, you know, obviously in terms of scaling, you know, there are different solutions that are being um, built out and experimented with from side chains to, um, you know, the the new Xiaomi and eCash um, implementation, Fediment or Miniment, uh, and, um, you know, the idea of space chains and Obviously, the Lightning Network. So, you know, the different, the different um, scaling solutions that are being proposed and, and built out. That you know, whenever the time does come where we have that tipping point, and the majority of people in the world are using Bitcoin versus versus um, not. Um, you know, uh, like I, I think I think that that this will just be like a drop in the bucket moment, right? Where it's like this was inevitable that governments were going to have to have some some official opinion or stance or a policy um, agenda when it comes to Bitcoin. But I don't trust political agendas, <laughs> ultimately. I agree with you 100%. And I've kind of heard rumblings too. I had uh, Paco who's doing, uh, he's basically like going through 
various countries and using only Bitcoin to kind of live. Um, I had him on the podcast and he said he knows somebody kind of inside CAR's government and they're trying to develop a CBDC. And so they're kind of using this Bitcoin as like big publicity. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, they're still going to do the CBDC or, or something along those lines. So I agree. With you. Yeah, I agree with you. I never really trust the pol- politician's agenda and they always want to kind of stay in power. And this is the one move that that really takes that away from a lot of the politicians and central bankers. So, I mean, I from their perspective, I could see why they wouldn't want to do it. But like, do I agree with it? No, of course not. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm not sure if, if this move is genuine or not. Like for the people of CAR, I think I hope it is because uh, from my understanding, like it's a pretty impoverished country and uh, similar to El Salvador, I'm sure it can benefit greatly from uh, adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender. But uh, that'll also bring me to my last last story here. Um, and it's more about uh, companies where I think companies are kind of hurting I'm right now. Sure to, I, oh, I think companies are kind of hurting now. So I think like this will this would be big for, uh, you know, various businesses across the United States and globally. But um, there was a recent survey published by Deloitte and PayPal that 70% or 75% of merchants are planning to accept Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency payments within the next two years. Uh, So I think this is kind of a wild number of 75%, but is it unexpected? I'm not really so sure. In my opinion, I think like this is something where it's going to be done more so out of necessity because more and more people are going to be demanding to use Bitcoin and, you know, the Lightning Network kind of undercuts those middlemen of MasterCard and Visa and uh, takes away their 3% fees. So, you know, instead of raising the prices by a dollar or so, like they can kind of minimize that by just simply using Bitcoin. Um, so what do you think of like more merchants and businesses kind of taking on Bitcoin and accepting Bitcoin as payment? You know, I think it's it's just one of those things that, that you know, Bitcoin is an idea whose time has come. And ultimately, you know, Merchants accepting Bitcoin is 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 a rational determination for them, right? It's like ultimately, if if you know people were trying to do it for publicity, it would have been done with like all the pushback in 2013, 14, whatever, you know, like um, because before he went the way of 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 Bitcoin Cash, like Roger Ver presumably was a, was a good advocate for Bitcoin, right? And 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 he's been pushing for merchant adoption, um, you know, like basically his whole time. And, and, and that largely led him to to, um, you know, go down the, the Bitcoin cash route, which which, you know, I, I think was a futile attempt at, at um, you know, trying to push his own agenda in Bitcoin, which which he never he, he has. He has yet to to eat enough humble pie, you know, to, to kind of come to the realization that, that, you know, people are going to do what they want with Bitcoin. And, and, and that's the beauty of Bitcoin is like that you can't tell people what to do. So like, you know, if, you know, I, I, in my, in a past life worked for one of the big four um, consulting slash accounting firms. So, you know, I, I kind of take what, you know, this report with a grain of salt too, like at least that number, right. You know, that, but um, you know, it, it's just rational at a certain point, like, you know, obviously Bitcoin is the, the, U.S. dollar price 
is volatile, right? Like that, you know, nobody's like nobody that that um, is being intellectually honest would would lie to you about that, right? But in terms and once again, like the monetary properties that you are able to benefit from by adopting a Bitcoin standard and the price appreciation over time that you are subject to um, to benefit from, you know, is undeniable, right? That, you know, ultimately Bitcoin has a short history relative to other things, but in its history, let's, let's, let's just look at its history, right? <laughs> in its history, you know, has there ever, has, has, you know, anybody ever been able to um, single-handedly, uh, you know, make, make a change to the network? No. Has um, anybody's, has the encryption that secures Bitcoin ever been broken? No. Has anybody lost money on, you know, over a four-year time frame, you know, lost money, quote unquote, in dollar terms being invested in Bitcoin? No. Uh, you know, th these are all things that, that as a merchant, um, and, and the two with the Lightning Network, if like you can, you can not only cut down on fees um, by by you know using becoming a member of the Lightning the Lightning Network, but you can also kind of create different in interesting schemes, like uh, uh, in terms of how you connect with your with your customers, right? Like you can essentially kind of uh, you know have direct connections with your customers that you know you you encode certain um, promotions into possibly, right? And I, I don't know if that's technically feasible today, probably is like, but if not, there are people, there are people that are smart enough to figure out ways to, to kind of um, embed promotions probably on, on a network protocol though, later, right? In terms of, in terms of, um, you know, like sats back and, and things like this. And, and it's just like, Bitcoin is like, money is, is ultimately, um, an idea and and you know up to this point that idea has always had a physical instantiation up until bitcoin and bitcoin has freed the idea from its physical shackles and and it's been able to do that by merging the idea of money and the idea of the internet and the internet essentially um i would characterize it at its basis un unshackled communication from its physical instantiation of, of either needing to physically be around somebody to talk with them or communicate with them, um, you know, uh, whether through sign language or any other um, physical means of communication, or you know, obviously um, written written communication, right? Like the the internet made made that made it so you know you can communicate through people you communicate with people digitally, and and you know without there needing to be a physical proximity, a physical link. Um, whether that's, you know, like I said, a, a book that, that, you know, is passed down from Shakespeare, you know, to modern day, or like, you know, you and I being in a room talking to each other, right? Like we're able to do this over the internet. I'm not even sure where you are, where you are in the world. You're not sure where I am in the world, but we're able to communicate. And, and ultimately like, it just makes sense for people to adopt Bitcoin once they understand it, because you can send money at the speed of light, right? The, 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 the only physical limitation in terms of sending Bitcoin is the actual physical connections, right? And, and fiber optic cables move at the speed of light. So you can, you can send money at the speed of light, 
that on Lightning Network has instant settlement or near instant settlement and, and um, you know, has a reliable monetary policy and is securable, you know, into the foreseeable future, right? You know, um, and once you understand this, it just makes sense. Like, especially whenever you, you um, compare it to the current system, right? Like there, I've said this before, I'll say it again, because I really like this quote. Um, but in uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X, he talks about a conversation he had with his former mentor, um, Elijah Muhammad. And basically, um, Elijah Muhammad was telling Malcolm X that you don't have to point out a dirty glass. All you have to do is put a clean glass next to it, right? And, and you know, it's a very subtle thing of, of like, you know, you don't have to tell people that you don't have to actually go around and tell people how bad the current system is. Right. They'll, they'll eventually figure that out for themselves. All you have to do is just show them Bitcoin. And that's the clean glass. And, you know, whenever they actually pay attention enough, they'll see the differences. Like if, if they look at the two glasses closely enough, you'll see how you'll see a dirty one because they're clean next to it. And, and you know, I just think that that I'm skeptical of the number. Um, you know, just because I wouldn't put a number on anything like that, but it's, it's believable to me though. Like it's, you know, I, I don't believe it because they said it. I believe it because I believe it can happen. I agree with you a hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, we're running, we're running a little long, so I want to be cautious with your time. So let's wrap that. things up with one last question. Um, bullish or bearish going forward in the, in the short term and uh, bullish or bearish, I guess, overall in the space and why? Uh, so, like I said, I'm, I'm not a pontificator, so I'm not going to price wise. Like I, I am, um, <laughs> you know, like you don't want you don't want to you don't want to. I'm, I'm a permanent optimist when it comes to price. So you, you don't want to ask me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I always long. ask people that, but it's 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 a dumb question. I think I don't know why I keep asking. I, I'm more so because I think people kind of take it like a different direction. Like whenever I ask it, nobody really takes it like more so, I guess, the price direction. They always take it as, as far as the space goes. So no, that's going to be my follow up, though, in terms of like, so I'm not going to comment on the price because I, 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 have, I have enough um, enough humility to know that, that anything I say can and will be used against me. <laughs> no, but uh, just joking. But um, definitely, like, like I said, I, I had a front row seat. Um, helping to plan and promote and execute Bitcoin Plus Plus. We had about 150 attendees in all. Um, we actually ended up having, um, we didn't even know, we didn't respect either one of them, but for for part of the conference, we had Adam Back, um, who is the, C, the CEO and co-founder of Blockstream and who was, whose paper, um, Hashcash, which kind of sets out um, the the concept of of proof of work was referenced in the Satoshi white paper, and Taj Draya, one of the co-found one of the co not founders co-authors of the Lightning Network um, white paper, were both in attendance for a portion of the conference. So like, um, and then outside of them, there were a lot of other awesome builders, um, educators, uh, and and you know just people that are, that are just largely involved in what's going on that came and I, you know, just having a front row seat, it's, it's just like, there's no way not to be bullish on, on like the problem solving 
um, ability of Bitcoin as a whole, right? And and you know, there's just like with Bitcoin, because of the fact Bitcoin is money, and money, um, you know, the the most the most saleable um, form of money, which Bitcoin is 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 um, you know fighting to be, is is always going to be one half of every transaction in in the economy, right? So so ultimately, like being bearish on Bitcoin, um, in my estimation, is like being bearish on humanity, right? Because I, I think Bitcoin is is the is like a transformational technology for humanity like you know there there was fire then there was agriculture then there was electricity like the steam engine and and like you know then telecommunications leading to the internet right that i would say those are like probably some of the some of the most impactful um human inventions that that were you know, purely created through human ingenuity that I can think of off the top of my head. And Bitcoin is just an amalgamation of some of those, th- and, and money, money's another one. I, like, I don't know how I miss money. Um, Bitcoin is an amalgamation of some of these, of some of these concepts. And, and, you know, I just think that it's going to lead to more human flourishing and it's going to drive out a lot of the undue and unjust power that, um, you know, people some some people have over over the lives of the majority of the, of the world's population right and you know I, to specifically talk about the people I, I mean politicians and central bankers and um and you know there's no way to be bullish because like there's so many people in bitcoin that don't do it for power like you know there's sure there are people who who you know like the the clout that they get from from you know um what they do right and and Ultimately, you know, do you right? Like I, 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 like I said, I don't really fall for the whole clout chasing um, paradigm. But you know, you know, I as long as you're not, as long as you're not like using your clout to get over on people, you know, clout chase all you want, in, in my opinion, right? But but there are a lot of people who don't want clout and who are like, who like actually want anonymity and are like working on Bitcoin just purely because they feel compelled to. And, you know, I, I just, I don't think, you know, I don't think that, that, you know, you can extinguish the light that is Bitcoin, um, you know, without, without, you know, just a huge disruption and, and kind of how, how, like the things we expect in daily life, right? Like, you know, the, like short of, short of, you know, there, there being like, you know, just, shutting down the whole internet and, 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 um, you know, telecom networks, like, you know, I don't really, I don't really see, you know, this Bitcoin train being slowed down. And, and, and that is very hopeful for me because, because Bitcoin is a movement that empowers individuals by this, this intermediating, um, you know, people who like third parties that, that put themselves, you know, at the at the center of 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 um, you know certain transactions or or, or you know policy decisions, and um, that that is very hopeful for me. 
Stack, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I mean, we had a very long rip, so I hope I didn't take too much no. of your time, but I really appreciate it. It was always, it's a blast. We're going to have to connect again soon and hopefully meet in person, maybe at one of these Bitcoin meetups or Bitcoin conferences. Uh, but why don't you tell the audience what you got going on, where to find you and all that jazz. Okay, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Stackamoto, S-T-A-K-M-O-T-O 21. Um, if you're interested in, in what I'm doing, Base 58, you can find us at Base 58 um, BTC on Twitter, on YouTube, and on BitcoinTV.com. Um, and then if you're interested in Bitcoin Plus Plus, um, you can find us at, um, on Twitter at BTC Plus Plus, um, spelled out. And then a lot of the talks, I'm still working on getting them up, but all the talks are going to be, all the talks and the hackathon projects will be uploaded to the Base 58 YouTube and Bitcoin TV accounts. So I'm planning, I'm like, you know, I'm, I've been working on it pretty much nonstop since yesterday. And um, I'm going to get them out by this weekend. So that'll be up there. Uh, so, you know, that's where you can find me. And then if you want to follow my, my co-founder in Base 58, um, Nifty Nay, N-I- N-I-F-T-Y-N-E-I on Twitter. Um, she's doing a lot of great work. And, um, you know, she has a very interesting, very interesting Twitter um, timeline. Like, you know, I don't really post a lot. I, I'm more of like a, a retweeter of, of content. But um, she kind of just, you know, just uses Twitter as, as you know, almost sometimes, at times her own um, inside joke machine. So it's kind of kind of funny following her. But, um, yeah, man, I really appreciate your time and, you know, like, like, you know, don't feel bad about holding me. I, this this is a lot of fun. Like, this is my third podcast appearance, period. So thank you for that. And um, lastly, I'd like to shout out BTC Connector on Twitter. He actually is the one that connected us. He um, he hosts the uh, the Huntsville, or he co-hosts the Huntsville, um, Alabama Bitcoin meetup. So if you're ever in Huntsville, you know, pull up. Um, you know, you can find them on, on Twitter at, uh, BTC connector. So, so thanks, man. And, uh, and, uh, we'd have to do this again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shout out Justin and the Huntsville, Alabama Bitcoin meetup. Yeah. I mean, Justin's been great. Uh, he's been on this podcast as well. So, uh, if you guys have been out there, uh, you know, he, he's a great connector and, and just always like moving pawns and stuff like that in the Bitcoin space. It's great. So he's introducing me to a lot of people and I really enjoy him as well. So, um, on that note, check out Stack, check out Nifty, and check out Base58, Bitcoin Plus Plus, all that kind of stuff. You know, that they're putting out a ton, a ton, a ton of great education and, uh, yeah, really putting out the proof of work in the Bitcoin space. So go ahead and support your fellow Bitcoiners. And Stack, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, man. We're standing on the shoulders of the Giants. Or, yeah, the shoulders of the Giants. Okay. And See you, man. Go.